Those visitors' packets at this time, if you'll pass your attendance cards toward the aisle, we'd like to have a record of your attendance. While those gentlemen are going and getting that, let me say to you that we are grateful, that we are thankful to have you here with us. How many of you have ever been to a youth camp as a kid? There should be some of you raising your hands now. How many of you were there last week? How many of you have ever been to a youth camp as an adult? Good. For all of you who answered no to either one of those, um... I hope this will help you out this morning. I've been associated with a youth camp, I guess, all my life. As far back as I can remember, my uncle directed a week in, in Alabama, and we went to that. Um, then you get older, and, and you're in that period to where you can't go as a camper, you're not quite distanced enough yet from the campers to be effective as a counselor, and so you have two or three years there where you can't go. Then life begins to happen, and for some reason you decide to go to preaching school, and you do okay at that, and then, out of the blue, someone asks you to, to direct a week. So I've been directing a week of camp for 15 years, uh, this might be the 16th one. Youth camp is interesting, to say the least. It is a, 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 a it's a mission field is really what it is, and it's hard uh, work. You say, how can it be hard work? Uh, well, the schedule generally goes like this. We wake up at 7 a.m. and you go to bed about 11 p.m. and every moment of that day has been accounted for. Uh, everything within that um, schedule happens either in 30, 45, or one-hour increments, and you are constantly changing. Not to mention it's 105 degrees in Texas, where pine trees go, grow around this particular campus so that no air can circulate. And it gets hot. And your body stays hot and your body stays tired and your body uh, doesn't recuperate generally till about two days from now. And you find out real quickly you either love it or you hate it. I've had several men and women who have come to camp with us for a week and say, I hope you all have a great time next year because I'm not going to be here. I've had scores of others say, why don't we just keep going till next week? Camp is a whole different animal. If your child has not been in involved in it, send them next year. If you have not been involved in it, go. As a matter of fact, today, as we look at youth camps, we're going to look at the fact that they are an oasis. And O-A-S-I-S, -S, and that will hold all of our points. Oasis. 
the youth camp is an oasis of opportunity. We had uh, 65-ish, 75-ish there with us this week in Texas. Some of them didn't know, even when they pulled up on Sunday morning, didn't know who they were. Few of them never been to camp before in their life. Somehow, they chose this week in this place, and I appreciate that. Some of them, we have been to camp all of their lives. Every day, every adult had an opportunity to teach something at camp. As a matter of fact, it would be Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10 that would tell us, therefore, as you have opportunity to do good, to do good unto all men, then do that. We had the opportunity to do good to people who had never even uh, known what the church is, to not know a difference between the Lord's church and any other thing that would call themselves a church. We had the opportunity to show uh, folks from the world exactly what the church is about and exactly how the church loves its, uh, its members. We had the opportunity uh, as adults to, to speak to younger kids who may not have any idea how these things work together. And some of us had the opportunity to speak to older teenage kids and began to figure out how to put those principles into practice. We had opportunities this week. I had at least 75 opportunities a day this week. Everyone who is an adult who went with us had at least 75 opportunities a day. How many opportunities do you have this week? How many did you pray for? How many did you want to have? If you look and you say, well, I didn't, I didn't pray for any, well, then shame on you. Why not? It should be the opportunity of the Christian to have a desire to spread the the church and the truth everywhere he goes. And so opportunities always abound. Jesus would say this, the opportunity's there. He would, he would say the field, the field is white and the harvest already, but the laborers are few. And so as you and I look throughout our lives, look at opportunities that we may have had, maybe even have passed and wish we could get back. What about those future opportunities? Who is ready for school to start? Some of you, not so much, huh? Will there be any opportunities there? Will there be any opportunities with coworkers starting tomorrow? Will there be any opportunities with neighbors maybe even this afternoon? I had opportunities to solve problems. Men, do you like to solve problems? All right, shake your head. The rest of you who ain't shaking your head are just lying. That's, our, that's what we like to do. If you bring me a problem, I'm going to fix it, right? Well, if you'll direct a week of camp, they'll bring every problem to you. And generally, it's like this. Mr. Billy, when are we? Oh, no, 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 no. Stop talking to me. You've asked all your questions you can ask today. I've had opportunities to fix things. I've had opportunities to speak to, to children that I, I wouldn't have opportunities to speak to. We need to learn how to take those opportunities. Camp is an oasis full of opportunities. It's an oasis full of assembling. Now, we're going to meet together. 
when you go to camp with me, we're going to meet together. And we're going to meet together a bunch, aren't we? Shake your head this way. Yeah, we're going to meet together a bunch. We're going to have a lot of opportunities for study, and we'll talk about that in a little while. And we're going to have a lot of opportunities to meet together and grow together as, as uh, relationships. And we're going to have time to assemble it with the apostles who would begin to show us those examples, especially around Acts chapter 20 and verse number 8, when they were assembled together to break bread. And what else were they going to do? They were going to sing. They were going to pray. They were going to study God's Word. They were going to roll through the whole gambit of the uh, worship service of the church because they had that opportunity to assemble. What happened if they didn't assemble? Well, they didn't have that opportunity. We assembled for a worship service every night. Five nights. <laughs> Is it five or six? Five nights in a row. And our children listened and paid attention and took notes and sang, even though they didn't have much of a voice left, because they were assembled and because that was what's expected and that's what they did. We had the opportunity to assemble together, not only to worship the Lord, we had an opportunity to assemble together to play. And that's key. You can, I, I guess I could make a schedule uh, that would keep us in Bible study 24 hours a day for six days. But that's not going to get anything accomplished. You know what kids need to do? Kids need to sit down and study for a while, yes. Then again, they need to go play uh, gaga ball. You ever played that? That's fun. I learned how to play that this week. They need to play wiffle ball or basketball or, or, or sit down and, and sit around a picnic table and talk to each other or draw or color or whatever it is that they do. They need an opportunity to be focused and then an opportunity to relax, an opportunity to focus, an opportunity to relax. And that's what we did this week. Everyone has their own special talents and everything was assembled in that fashion so that we could see everyone's talent. Trace Powell is the gaga ball king. I am not. He got me out like a thousand times till I said, is Trace playing? He would say, yeah. I said, well, I ain't playing. That's what it's about. He didn't know I stunk at Gaga Ball, and I really didn't until this week. I didn't know he was that good. Opportunities, assemblies, and uh, setting. Look at the setting that most of these youth camps are set around. You can look just out the windows where you are and see the very handiwork of God. If you're not reminded of who God is in those settings, you'll never be reminded of who God is. It would be Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 3 where the Hebrews writer would remind us that the things that we see didn't come from just the things that are always around, that they were made by the very finger of God. We look around and see a green field where we sat. You don't think much about that. 
You look around and see those trees. You look around and see that, that dirt area and those, the, the wildlife that would run through who were the pets of the people who lived there. Luckily, we did not see any of the no-legged wildlife. That's great. They're there, I'm sure. The setting of these places are beautiful. Visual reminders of who God is and what he has done and then what he's done for me. As I look at those settings and I think about who God is, I remember what he has done. Now, what has he done? Well, he sent a son to, to die for me. Why? Because I'm not all that great. But because he loved me even before. When we look at those settings and we notice how beautiful everything is, I'm reminded of the influence that we have with 75 people. It would be 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1 where Paul would write, Be imitators of me even as I am of Christ. We have an opportunity throughout the week to show, not only to teach, but to show these children that you can be a Christian doing anything. You can be a Christian eating watermelon at a very rapid rate. Uh, you can also be a Christian while that watermelon uh, is expelled at a very rapid rate. You can be a Christian while you're throwing water on each other. You can be a Christian while you're gathering together to sing. You can be a, a Christian while you are sitting around petting a camp dog. You can be a Christian while you're playing wiffle ball and kind of talking trash to each other. You can't hit this. You can't hit that. You can be a Christian wearing a weird rag on your head like Thomas Morvant did a lot so to keep the sun off his ears. You can be a Christian doing everything in the world and included in that, the assembly that we have here. The reason why camps work so well is because you are exposed and vulnerable to everyone every moment you're there. You don't get a chance to go home and and sit in your tub and relax and think about how things you can handle differently the next day. You do have a time to go and take a very cold shower and get into a slightly more comfortable than the floor bunk bed. Hoping, hoping that you can sleep through the night thinking, well, we're going to do this about 7 in the morning, aren't we? You know, throughout the, uh, the week, people's nerves tend to get frayed about Wednesday afternoon, Thursday morning. You know what your children learn from that? Sometimes you have a bad day. And sometimes you get over it and you keep on moving. We have an opportunity to influence. Influence them. I have that opportunity almost uh, at least once or twice a week. Uh, it is very rare that you get that same opportunity. And let me encourage you to take that opportunity. Let's, let's draw all this oasis in together and the purpose of the youth camp. The last S is strength in scriptures. That's two S's, so I win on that one. 
strength in scriptures. 25 plus hours this past week were dedicated in our uh, scheduling to some sort of spiritual activity, whether that is a worship service, Bible class, Bible bowl study, Devo, whatever it is, 25 plus hours. Now, if you do the math correctly, half a year in your, over half a year would be 30 weeks in your 45-minute class in Bible school every Sunday morning is about 25 hours. Your children had a year, half a year's worth of Bible school in a week. They studied the theme of lost every night. We looked at what is lost. We looked at a, a lost soul with looking at the man who said, how about these barns, I'll, I'll build greater barns. We looked at a lost sheep who didn't know he was lost. We looked at the lost pair of sons. We looked at a lost woman at a well. We looked each night at the idea of being lost and being saved. We had a Bible bowl this week where your children had no idea what the, what the material was going to be until Sunday afternoon. And we had a Bible bowl on Thursday afternoon on a five-chapter book known as the book of James to which we had seven teams compete because we had seven cabins. And there were two questions out of the 75 total that were missed. Now you tell me they can't learn. <laughs> they can. Two questions out of 75 that were missed. That means five out of the seven uh, cabins who took that test made a hundred on it. And it eventually came down that the oldest girl cabin won due to a tiebreaker that had to be uh, just exactly so from memorizing Scripture that they memorized this week while they played, while we did all these other things. They learned about being lost. They learned about the book of James. The, those who were 12 and under, in their Bible class, they learned about the church the uniqueness of the church, how the church was established and why the sacrifices of the Old Testament were not good enough to base a, 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 the church for which Jesus died on. They learned about the worship of the church. They learned about the organization of the church. The older class learned about how to put those principles from the book of James into practice, being faithful through my works, being faithful through my words, uh, all of those type things that you find in the book of James. Was it worth it? Better believe it. Would you go do it next week? You got to give me a week. Give me one more week. Let me catch my breath. I'd go back in a heartbeat. It's a hard week but it's worth it. It's worth doing that when you understand why the, the Christian youth camp is where it is. I remember I was young and dumb, and I've remedied half of that. It was one of the first couple of years 
I, I was directing a week, and I was speaking to my uncle, who at that point in time still directed a week, and I was, I guess I was venting a little frustration of, why don't people see the value? Why don't they help me out a little more within this camp? And I don't think I'll ever forget what he said. He said, let me tell you something about youth camps. I said, all right. He said, youth camps of today are the gospel meeting of 30 years ago. Generally speaking, as the law of averages, we'd baptize somewhere between 10 or 15 folks at a youth camp and maybe restore 25 or 30. What'd you do this week? It's not the case every year, but it is generally the case. We forget how valuable that is. It is not my desire to take somebody's child and to put them in the water so that I can claim that as a number. It is my desire when someone understands and knows what the gospel is and who wants to obey it. It is my desire to help them do that. It is my desire for those who have not been faithful to God to renew that faithfulness and live that life that's acceptable to God. That's why I do this. That's why I do that. How about you? Have you put on Christ in baptism? You don't have to be at camp. The church, even where the church meets, it can be an oasis from the world. It can be a, a spot within the week for a couple of times where you come and you have the opportunity to meet with those who are the same mindset and who have the same desires and goals within their life, but you can't do that unless you have the same mindset and the same goal. You can't do that unless you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus the Christ. Have you done that? Have you put on Christ in baptism? Have you repented of your sin? Have you confessed Jesus as the Messiah? If not, why not? You know, there's no better day than today. What about you? If you have done those things and it's become a chore to meet with the saved, it's become a chore to drive up the hill. It's become a chore to come here and do I have to, should I? Yes, you should. Go back to Luke chapter 15 and verse number 17. Uh, one of those parables that we studied this week. And let the mindset of this young boy in a hog pen permeate through your mind and see if this is where you need to be. And when he came to himself, that's when he said, how many hired servants in my father's house have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. When he came to himself, when he realized where he was and where he ought to be, it's one thing to put on Christ in baptism. It's a whole different thing to live in the oasis of the church. Come back home to a God that misses you, 
to a family that loves you. And do that right now while we stand and sing for your encouragement. Heart does enjoy.